Welcome to episode number two of the Spiraling Podcast. I am your host, Jackson Wallace. I got my friend, my buddy, my pal, as always, the president and founder of the Holland Foundation. I got Jason Holland with me. Jason, how you doing? Hey, good guys. How are you? We're doing fantastic. We're doing fantastic. Uh, although today will be kind of a, a tussie subject. Just a quick reminder to everybody out there listening, you can find us where all podcasts can be heard on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. And also follow us on like and subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash spiraling upward. Um, uh, if you guys want to get the video rendition of all of these podcasts, it's all there and put in a playlist for you guys for your convenience. But um, today, uh, last, last week, we talked about kind of a brief overview of everything. We touched a little bit on the Holland Foundation. We touched a little bit on who Jason is, kind of his story. And so for today, we're going to get kind of down to the nitty gritty. We're focusing on one subject. Uh, this one's a little, uh, bear with us, this one's a little touchy, um, and it might bring up some bad memories. However, uh, me and Jason do feel it is important to, that's what this podcast is for, just kind of tell a story and his experiences. So um, our, uh, our subject today is, is cancer. Oh yeah, <laughs> cancer. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 uh, no really happy memories there for you. Okay, we are recording. Quick test. All right, everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number two of the Spiraling Podcast. I am your host, Jackson Wallace. I got my friend, my buddy, my pal, as always, the president and founder of the Holland Foundation. I got Jason Holland with me. Jason, how you doing? Hey, good, guys. How are you? We're doing fantastic. We're doing fantastic. Uh, although today will be kind of a, a tussie subject, just a quick reminder to everybody out there listening, you can find us where all podcasts can be heard on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Etc. And also follow us on like uh, and subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash spiraling upward. Um, uh, if you guys want to get the video rendition of all of these podcasts, it's all there and put in a playlist for you guys for your convenience. But um, today, uh, last, last week, we talked about kind of a brief overview of everything. We touched a little bit on the Holland Foundation. We touched a little bit on who Jason is, kind of his story. And so for today, we're going to get kind of down into the nitty gritty. We're focusing on one subject. Uh, this one's a little, uh, bear with us, this one's a little touchy um, and it might bring up some bad memories. However, uh, me and Jason do feel it is important to that's what this podcast is for, just kind of tell a story and his experiences. So um, our, uh, our subject today is, is cancer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cancer. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 uh, no really happy memories there for you. Yeah. I mean, the, um, the thing about the, the, the cancer experience is, um, you know, there's there's a, a high likelihood that if you're diagnosed with cancer, um, you, you're going to make it through. Um, there's a, a large population uh, in the United States uh, that survives um, cancer diagnosis. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it'll be a rough road. Um, and um, I've lived that testament. Um, but um, 
I've come out on the other side and, and, and I'm just fine these days. Um, that's good. Yeah. So I, I have, I have some lingering side effects, um, but there's nothing that I would have changed. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's good. So, um, that's good to hear. The cancer is always, it's, it, it's a, you know, it's one of those constant uphill battles, you know? Yeah. And it's a struggle. Um, especially, um, yeah, I only went through, uh, surgery and the chemotherapy, and um, I've heard stories about the radiation. Uh, radiation is a little bit harder on your body uh, than just chemotherapy. But um, you know, the the, the chemotherapy it, it'll it'll put you in your place, and uh, yeah. it uh, it takes a lot out of you. Um, you know, some people um, handle it just fine, uh, where they have very minimal side effects. Um, other people, um, you know, they they go on. Um, disability and they can't work uh, they can't function uh, they can't get out of bed um, and uh, fortunately I was uh, I was on the latter part uh, you know I was able to work a little bit um, yeah you know the, the, the days that I was uh, actually doing my treatment because um, my, my treatment was a, a 48 hour cycle and um, during that time period um, you know, the, the first day I felt pretty good um, and I had very little side effects. Um, but uh, when they disconnected me from the pump, uh, the next couple of days really when it set in with me. Right. <clears throat> and I was, um, I, I was, I was pretty sick. Um, I uh, did not go into work those days. Um, I, I can't blame you. Yeah, I barely got out of bed, um, but. You know, it, it 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 wore off pretty quickly. Um, you know, there's a there's a couple subjects that I want to touch on um, with uh, with cancer and with um, the chemotherapy. Uh, some of the experiences that I had um, that uh, I'm on a cancer uh, colon cancer Facebook page, and I hear a lot of people talking about some of the same side effects that I went through. And, uh, you know, I try to provide them support and, you know, just let them know that everything's going to be okay. Um, but it, it's some things that, that most people don't even think about. Right. Um, kind of every day. Yeah. You take it for granted. Yeah. Certain uh, things. You know, the, the one thing that I really took for granted the most um, was being able to drink um, something cold, something yeah. ice cold. Um, I had uh, what's called neuropathy and yeah. um, the, the cold sensitivity <clears throat> excuse me the cold sensitivity was unbearable um, just the simple fact of reaching my hand is to the fridge was one of the most painful things that I ever wow. experienced uh, I couldn't imagine yeah something so, like that yeah and it would hit me almost immediately after I started the um um, the transfusion, um, you know, probably within about an hour or two, um, I was not able to drink anything cold. Um, luckily, I did my, my chemo during the summer months, um, so the the, the winter yeah. was not not an issue for me. It was <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I still have some of the lingering um, side effects of the neuropathy. Um, 
the, the, the cold sensitivity, the cold sensitivity, not as bad. Um, mine now is more of the loss of feeling um, yeah. in my feet. Um, and that, that's still quite painful. Um, that, that's one of the things that I um, I take for granted now is, is I'm I'm probably never going to have the same the same feeling in my feet that I had before I was diagnosed. That's crazy. So um, you know, it, it's funny. Even on a Christmas morning, I, I fell down a flight of stairs because I couldn't. No feel, way. Yeah. You just fell down. I couldn't feel where I was stepping and. Uh, I was at my father-in-law's house and yeah. took a tumble. Oh my god, <laughs> that's terrible. So um, you know, just just you know, going on a basic walk um, yeah. is, is is a struggle for me. Yeah, the struggles of, of everyday life. Yeah, but I figured for 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 the purposes of today, I just kind of take everybody through kind of a timeline of kind of what like you know the beginnings and. Um, the ultimate consequences of, of cancer later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of, kind of setting the stage here. Um, 2018, mm-hmm. right? This is uh, April Fool's Day. Yes. And it's, uh, but this happened to fall on Easter Sunday. Yes. This time. Um, and not, not the best Easter Sunday that you could have no. ever experienced. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but but you are you you were sharing some of your story with me, and I remember you said you were having some kind of it's kind of kind of some chronic pain mm-hmm. for a while. What, what was that like? Like yeah. b- before Easter Day or leading up to it? The um, you know, also keep in mind uh, Easter Sunday when I was diagnosed uh, on April Fool's Day. I'm three months into my sobriety. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I was new to the sobriety gig, um, and I didn't know how my body was going to fully uh, adjust to um, um, to the clean eating that I was doing. The um, you know not putting the poison in my body. Sure. Um, so yeah, probably probably the beginning of March, um, I started to have some some pretty bad stomach pains. And some some gastro issues. Um, yeah. And um, I, I had I had some bleeding and some spotting that um, that had me really concerned. And um, it, it continuously got worse um, over the next few weeks. Um, I was going to the internet trying to figure out you know what what this could be. And everything that I was reading was pointing to colon cancer. And um, you know, we, were, we were traveling on, uh, on Easter um, and we, we had a, a, a family gathering Saturday um, that I was so nauseous and just out of it and so much pain that um, I I couldn't sit through dinner. Um, So I excused myself and left. And, um, you know, uh, that was some of the most most severe pain that that I've probably experienced in my life. Um, I I ended up taking some medication to go to sleep. And um, that Easter Sunday when I woke up, 
I was in so much pain that I was blacking out. Wow. And um, my wife, Kristen, she uh, immediately said, I'm taking, taking you to the emergency room. And I remember getting to the emergency room and, you know, I, I know something's wrong. Um, you know, normal people don't feel this amount of pain. Yeah. And sitting in the emergency room, um, they came out and took my blood pressure. And I remember them freaking out because my blood pressure was so high. Um, so they, uh, they immediately got me back and um, um, got my blood pressure stabilized and got me on some pain medication. And, um, you know, then, then came the, the start of the diagnosis. Um, they were running several tests on me. Um, they, they could see that there was some kind of mass in my colon. Um, yeah. They didn't know the extent of it until they, um, they did a colonoscopy. And I'm going to tell you guys some, something that uh, kind of embarrassing, but it's also kind of funny. Um, you know, when you go to do a colonoscopy, usually you do a couple of days cleanse. Yeah. And um, they were brushing this colonoscopy to me, so they were they, they did an enema, and that was uh, not very uh, not very fun. Okay. <laughs> um, I remember just telling them that he there, there's nothing more, there's not, nothing coming out. Just just let me be. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and uh, I remember, you know, slowly going to sleep. Um, and, and when I woke up, they had finished the colonoscopy. Um, the doctor was in the, in the room and he just said, um, you know, it looks like it's cancer and uh, we're gonna get you into surgery because you have a full blockage. Wow, what, what was that moment like when you first heard him say that dreaded C word? Um, I, he had to repeat himself. Yeah. Because he said it so nonchalantly and it was just, you know, did you really just say that? Yeah. Did you really just tell me that I have cancer? Yeah. And then, you know, act like nothing's wrong. <laughs> right. Just kind, of, just kind of move past that. Like, we got, we got, we got to backtrack for a second to that spot. What did you say? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Those few minutes are probably one of the last memories that I had before my surgery, but um, my wife was in the room with me and, um, you know, we, we just broke down. Yeah. And we were let out a cry. Um, she was she was extremely upset. Um, and I, I was still dealing with the pain and you know, I got my five minute cry out and said, let's let's do this. Um, let's let's start the fight. And um, you know they, they, they rushed me into surgery and unfortunately it was the next day because the, the colonoscopy was late that night. Um, but the surgery was the next day, but take a step back real quick. My uh, my thing um, on April Fool's Day has always been uh, playing up practical jokes on my family. Oh yeah, imagine that on April Fool's Day. <laughs> yeah, so on April Fool's Day, um, my mom, uh, my mom and dad knew that I was uh, in in the hospital, um, but they didn't know the severity of what was going on. Yeah, and um, I remember you know, hearing the stories from Kristen when she told my mom that um, I had cancer. 
um, you know, she she didn't believe it. Um, she didn't want to believe it. Uh, she thought it was an April Fool's joke. And Kristen was just like, you know, it's not an April Fool's joke. He's getting ready to go into surgery. Wow. Um, I don't remember anything after that conversation with the doctor. Um, I don't remember the surgery. I don't remember going into surgery. I don't remember waking up from surgery. Um, they they had me sedated on some pretty good pain meds, and I was out for a couple of days. Um, the first thing that I remember uh, was uh, waking up, and uh, my best friend Chris was was there in the room. And uh, man, I, I had to use the restroom so bad that um, I got up, and as I was getting up, I see this hole in my stomach. Yeah. And I started freaking out because um, I didn't know that they were giving me a colostomy back. Yeah. What, what, what is a colostomy? Is that? It's when they reroute your, uh, your intestine to come out, um, you know, one side of your, your abdomen. Oh. So they kind of. They redirected. Redirected it. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they, they removed a foot of my colon. Okay. Um, so. They wanted to allow my uh, intestines to, to to relax, yeah, and get back on track. Um, the the doctor said that uh, when he opened me up, um, he was very surprised that I didn't have a rupture and um, die from sepsis from wow all the feces that was in there. Yeah, it sounds sick, but that's reality of it. Yeah, um, but. They uh, got up that when I woke up from the, the, the surgery a couple days later and freaked out that I had this big hole in my stomach. Uh, yeah, I'd freak out too. <laughs> Just look down and... Yeah. Wow. So um, Chris was trying to calm me down and, and explain things to me. Um, and... You know, Chris and I go back a long, long time, and um, I remember getting up and walking to the restroom, and he uh, cracked a joke on me, uh, saying that uh, my my ass was hanging out on my gown, and I needed to cover it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they give you the gowns, and there's, yeah. it's, it's open in the back. So, so I turned around and just smiled at him and just kept walking. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's 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 kind of my relationship with Chris. But uh, sure, yeah, that's that that's the first thing that I remember was um, you know, I was kind of back into my joking mood. Um, but um, you know, the next couple of days I was I was pretty out of it on the pain medication. They were trying to keep me comfortable. Um, they hadn't confirmed that it was uh, colon cancer at this point. They just suspected that it was. Um, and the the waiting game is uh, is is the most horrible thing. Is you, you don't know what you have, what's yeah. wrong with you, what the diagnosis is. Yeah. And so you had to to before you found out that it was cancer, they had to send it in the pathology. Yeah. And. Uh, Take that. Okay. That's an endopathology. And, but the wait time is two weeks 
for you yeah. to get your results back to find out. So kind of how was that that time period for you guys? Um, you know, I, I suspected the worst um, because of how much pain I was in. Yeah. Um, so I, I knew something was was wrong. And I spent my time um, in the hospital, um, you know, m- making peace with God. And that's one thing I talk a lot about um, um, my friends and family is, um, you know, when, when you're when you're facing the unexpected, you don't know what's going on. You don't know if you're going to live or die. Um, you know, the, the thing that I turned to was God. And all the things that I've done in my past with my addiction and my mental health issues and my my anger, um, I just made a pleading with God. Just yeah, you know, just if it's my time to go, you know, please accept me into heaven and um, you know, look out for my family. Yeah, and. I, I, I think that's what allowed me to continue to fight was I was at peace. Right. And I knew no matter what, what happened moving forward that, um, you know, God had forgiven me for all my sins. Yeah. You, ultimately, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whether I was here on earth or in heaven, um, everything was going to be fine. Um, That's powerful. Yeah. So giving you some sense of of peace. It gave me... And all of that chaos. It gave me extreme just peace and relief. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Getting back from the the hospital and, um, you know, my my wife didn't take it too well. Um, And she was... She was visibly upset and... I think I was more comforting to her than she was to me. Yeah, I can only imagine what's going on in her head. Yeah, you know, because at that time, you, you, you did you have you had both kids at that time, right? Yeah, I had both. Yes, yeah, so you had two kids. This comes out of nowhere on her. You're three months into the sobriety. You're you're doing well. You're on the right track. And all of a sudden, you have can you have cancer? Yeah, and and just going back to. You know, being at peace, you know, yeah. I, I came home and I wasn't, I wasn't happy, but right. I was, you know, I, I was, I was peaceful. You're okay. Yeah. You had kind of like relinquished control. Yeah. At a point where you couldn't, you knew there was nothing you could control with that. Right. Yeah. I just, I put it in God's hands. Yeah. And just let him take care of it. Yeah. And. Yeah, that, that, that's what allowed me to fight and that's what allowed me to focus on myself yeah so yeah and all of that chaos yeah yeah I, I, I it was pretty hard telling the kids but um, you know I I have a little teddy bear that I still have um, that my kids got me when I was in the hospital and anytime I feel down or I feel like giving up, I go look at that teddy bear and I remember my kids gave it to me. And yeah. my kids telling me, um, Daddy, you can do this. Yeah. There's no motivation quite like that. 
you know, hearing it from a from an eight year old and a three year old, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. So for sure, for sure, yeah, that must have been incredibly hard on them and yeah, uh, and hard on Kristen as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So in this, you touched briefly on this uh, on this uh, this cancer group that you would join online. Mm-hmm. Right, and you you joined this uh, right after you found out that it was cancer, right? Yes. Yeah. Did that? So did that help you in any way? Um, was, was it? Uh, did they uh, they had useful information? There was a lot of good information, and it was a lot of information that allowed me to determine you know what I was in for. Yeah, um, a lot of the side effects that, that I went through, um, I had I had a you know ten thousand member group that wow. could could you know provide me with some guidance that uh, the doctors couldn't necessarily give me. Sure, they can give you a kind of a first hand account. Yeah, yeah. Was it through this through Facebook? Yes. Okay, I was just curious. Yeah, yeah. So um, that that provided me a lot of support. Um, and it was it was comforting to know that uh, that people were in my situation and they were managing. Yeah. So it was it was kind of, kind of quite comforting. Yeah. That they can make it out through all of that. Yeah. That's good. Um, so uh, so you joined that group. So but you're finding out the official results. You go to the doctor's office. And you're sitting and you're listening. You got your headphones in, mm-hmm. and you're listening to one of your favorite bands, mm-hmm. uh, Godsmack. Yeah, yeah. It's quite ironic that um, my relationship with God and my favorite band is Godsmack. So <laughs> <laughs> he kind of smacked you with this kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. So um, I'm just I'm, I'm a heavy metal guy. Uh, yeah. I like to get lost in the in the lyrics and the and the instrumentals um, and just just the loudness. Um, provides me comfort and energizes me. Sure. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in the, the doctor's office and I have I have family all around me. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay. You know, I'm going into this um, knowing that it's probably cancer. Um, I have... Um, I've already done the research and kind of diagnosed myself. Yeah. Um, so I knew I knew what to ask the doctor, what not to ask the doctor, um, and um, they called me back. Uh, Kristen and I go back together, and uh, you know, all, all my family waits out in the waiting room. Yeah. Um, doctor comes in and, and, and confirms that uh, yes, you do have cancer. Um, but he he states um, that it was a full blockage, and I had already known it was a full blockage. Right. Um, and he he said, well, luckily we caught it in time. That you only stage one. And um, just from all my research, I uh, corrected the doctor and I said, well, you know, if it's a full blockage, um, then it's actually stage three. Um, so he went back and looked at his nose. He goes, "You're actually correct." Oh wow! So he <laughs> so he gives you the wrong. 
it gives me the wrong diagnosis. And um, I, I confirmed this with an oncologist um, a few days later um, on the diagnosis and the treatment plan. Um, the one thing that the, um, they neglected to tell me uh, that I had to read up on myself um, was the um, pathology reports showed the tumor inside my colon and then I had two small tumor deposits outside of the colon. Oh. And it was oh pretty close to being stage four. If those would have developed a little bit longer, um, then it would have uh, would have most likely spread throughout my body. Um, wow. But, um, you know, seeing that on the pathology report, uh, going and talking to the oncologist, um, the oncologist recommended um, uh, six months of chemotherapy, 12 rounds, um, and um, he, he told me, he goes, you, you can not do chemo, um, but you, if you do chemotherapy, it gives you a 5% better chance of survival. Yeah, you guys wanted to go with an aggressive option. The most aggressive option possible. Um, so I opted to do the chemo. Um, and I actually did not make it through all of the chemotherapy. Yeah. 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 But before you could even do the chemo, you had to have a second surgery, right? Yeah, I had to have a second surgery uh, to get a port put in um, yeah, into into my neck uh, to go into my artery to be able to, to get the chemotherapy. And that's uh, the last thing you want to do is just go back to the hospital. Man, I, I knew this. I knew this one was in and out, not be in and out quickly. Um, yeah, but still. Yeah. Just the idea of having to go back. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not very fond of hospitals. Um, you know, after the the, the first surgery, um, you know, they they kept telling me in order for you to go home, you have to do this, this, and this. And um, you know, I wasn't getting out of bed. I wasn't really functioning very well. Um, and I woke up one morning and said, you know, screw this. I'm going home. Yeah. And I said, what do I have to do to go home? And they said, you have to walk around um, the nurse's station a couple of times. You have to be able to keep food down and a couple other things. And I, I did all that uh, yeah, immediately. Um, it was you know, within an hour of me waking up. Um, I hadn't met all the guidelines for me to, to go home. And the doctor walked in the room, and I'm sitting up in the chair watching TV, and uh, he asked me how I'm doing. I said, I'm going home today. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I'm, I'm afraid to go home. <laughs> yeah. So I I told him I was ready to go home. Yeah. He let me go home. Um, so the second surgery uh, I, I knew was going to be uh, in and out uh, pretty quickly. There was no overnight stay. Um, but this surgery uh, really scared me on yeah the competency competency of yeah. of nurses and doctors <laughs> and just the chain of events that happened that day um, from you know not being able to put me on the operating room table the correct way. Uh, Do you think that's kind of basic stuff? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, they pulled my IV out. Um, uh, they wheeled my ch my bed. I was. Uh, they had given me some medicine to calm down. They wheeled my bed out and left uh, the IV stand um, behind my bed and ended up pulling out of my arm. Oof. And that's what started the downfall. Um, that and the uh, 
the, the anesthesiologist and the, the surgeon were, were standing right outside of my door arguing um, about the, the anesthesia that they wanted to use. Um, the surgeon didn't want to knock me out. The anesthesiologist, his, he's got blood pressure problems. He's got cancer. You need to knock him out. Yeah. And they argued right there in front of me. Wow. And that's the last thing that you want to hear is like, you guys aren't on the same page here. I'm about to go under. Yeah. I I told the surgeon, I said, you're not going to do this procedure on me without knocking me out. Yeah. And, um, they, they finally agreed to, to knock me out, especially after being in the operating room, um, and pulling the stunt that they did. Um, I freaked out. I would too. And I was uh, getting up, trying to walk out, and they restrained me and gassed me and knocked me out. Um, It felt like five minutes before I woke up. Yeah, Um, super quick. I I woke up. uh, It it had been a couple hours and I was asleep, um, but I remember getting up. Um, in the recovery room, um, the nurse was walking by. I sat up and told the nurse I'm going home. And she goes, Mr. Holland, you need to um, you need to lay down and we need to observe you for a little bit um, to make sure you're okay. And I said, no, I don't think you understand. I'm going home right now. Um, so they discharged me, wheeled me out, um, I came home chowed down on my favorite food, Chinese food. Yeah. And fell back asleep. Yeah, you just didn't want to be in there another minute. I did not want to be in the hospital. Yeah. So Yeah. Very well so now you got the now you got the second surgery done and it's time for chemo. Yeah, it's kind of time for chemo and man, I uh it's a long process. I had a trip of a lifetime and I don't think I mentioned this in the book. Um I had booked an Alaskan cruise. Wow. Um, the week that I was supposed to start chemo. Yeah. Here you go. All right, Jason. So it's time for chemotherapy. What was that process like? Because I know it's not a, it's not an easy process and it's, it's pretty long, isn't it? Um, yeah. So I, I, I did a, I did a round of chemo. It was a, it was a forty, I think a forty six, like forty six and a half hour cycle um, every two weeks. Wow. Um, you know, going into that first round of chemo, um, I, I was terrified, and. Um, you know, I, I knew it was going to be a toll on my body um, because at any time you inject um, chemotherapy into your system, uh, chemotherapy is, is a poison that kills yeah. everything in your body. And um, I, I knew the process was, was going to be challenging. Um, overall, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Right. So, um, you know, I was able to, to, to function on a day-to-day basis. Um, the one thing that, that, that scared the crap out of me um, was as I was getting later on into the um, 
cycles of chemotherapy, um, I developed uh, what's called uh, depersonalization. Okay. And um, I, I talk about this in the book. And the depersonalization um, comes from the high amount of steroids that they inject into you. Wow. So if you ever think about um, in the movies when you see people that are juicing and they're yeah. taking testosterone and, and, and not testosterone but uh, uh, steroids and they're angry. And they're like kind of a rage. Yeah. Just kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't have the rage necessarily um, because I was so weak. I couldn't get yeah. angry. Um but there were a couple times that I I got home from that initial day of treatment and it was like I was watching my body from above and just wow. everything that was going on. Um, I had no control over my body. Um, I had no control over anything that I was doing and it, it was pretty scary I remember calling my my sponsor the next day the, after the first time this happened and we, we talked through um, what I had experienced and he was the one that, that guided me to depersonalization yeah um, that's a scary mo- moment yeah I would imagine um, it's losing control yeah cause you, you know you hear you hear you know, this is extreme, but you hear people like in like murder trials and things like that um, talk about they had no control over their body. Yeah, uh, this was it, and I had never experienced this before. Um, so it, it was a pretty scary moment. Um, I went through eight rounds of chemo. Nine rounds of chemo, sorry. Nine rounds of chemo. And after the ninth round of chemo, um, the the feeling in my feet and the neuropathy um, just wasn't... I wasn't rebounding from it. And um, I remember consulting with a doctor because I had... I had during, during this time period, we had a couple couple chemo sessions I got pushed off a week um, because my my immune system my cells just weren't bouncing back and I had low platelets yeah and um, the only thing for the platelets is to either have a blood transfusion or just let it ride yeah um, so we did that um, and after this ninth round of chemo, uh, I went to see the doctor and, and told him, man, I, I, I can barely walk. Um, my, my feet are so bad. Um, I'm scared to continue the chemo um, because I think it's, it's going to get worse. And he agreed, and um, we uh, made the ter- determination that we were going to stop the chemotherapy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was terrified that I wasn't going to be able to walk. Wow. And that's that's a scary thing to, to have to live through. Yeah. Um, it's just terrible. Not know if you're going to be able to walk or yeah. function or just, yeah. 
That's awful. Yeah. Truly awful. But there was one silver lining. Yeah. Throughout your throughout your chemotherapy, other than of course you know helping get get rid of the cancer cells. But number two, you met a a friend during your chemotherapy named John. I did. I met John. Yeah. T- uh, t- t- tell me about John. So, um, you know, there there were a couple sessions that uh, that there was this this older gentleman named John that that we uh, hit it off pretty well and started talking um, during our, our treatment treatment cycles together. Yeah. Because uh, when, when you're doing your 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 in office visit, um, you know, they hook you up to the to the IV. Yeah. And you're in there for about five or six hours. Um, so they have, you know, days of our lives on TV for all the old women in there. And yeah. Just, I'm not watching this stuff. So um, the guys would either sleep or uh, strike up conversations with each other. And, you know, John, John was stage four. Um, I don't remember what kind of cancer he had. Stomach. Yeah, something stomach. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we were talking about, you know, just all things life. And how we were, um, how we were each coping, sure. um, and you know different different things that we both experienced that you know only somebody going through cancer can relate to somebody else with it. <clears throat> um, so I was able to have conversations with him um, to provide me with some insights on how I was feeling. Um, because I couldn't have those conversations with my wife or my parents or anybody else. And um, you know, him and I developed a pretty good friendship. And um, you know, I'm kicking myself in the butt for not getting his contact information. But you know, it, yeah. he's he uh, he provided me with some some insight in life that um, you know sticks with me to this day. That's good. That's good that you were able to have that connection with somebody mm-hmm. who's going through it at the same time you are. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of feed off each other. Yeah. And there were several times that we were getting our blood work taken at the same time and we were having yeah. the same appointments and you know, we'd sit in there and you know, they'd miss on our veins three or four times because your, your veins get so jacked up and you look like you're a yeah. heroin addict you know with all the needle marks and track track marks and all that from them taking your blood every every couple of days um, so we'd sit there and hey they missed my vein you know here's another one it's gonna be painful take yeah. it out of the hand and yeah, it's kind of a, kind of a laughing matter that we uh, we on with each other so yeah at least you were able to try you know try and find some kind of some kind of upside while you, while you were there yeah yeah so that's very good so you, so you go through your chemo you decide 10 is going to be enough yeah, after nine we, after we, nine. Called, we called it quits yeah and uh you know all, all my scans came back clear um and we we just you know it, it there's no cancer that they can find so that's good. Um, continuing with therapy and the quality of life that the chemotherapy um, can can um, hamper on, on you, uh, it just wasn't worth it. Yeah, and you know, a five percent additional survival rate just 
isn't worth it than not being able to walk. The not being able to walk or function yeah. at all. Yeah. You have no quality of life. Yeah, there's no there's no quality of life. Um, yeah. can't, can't walk my daughter down the aisle. Um, right. Can't dance with my wife. Um, no, I, I, I just wasn't going to risk it. Yeah. So, yeah. I hear you. I feel, I, I feel that, man. But but what was that that sense of feeling when you first found out that, hey, my, my best gains are clean? It's gone. It felt good. Um, I felt relieved. Um, you know, the thing that I've learned is every time I have a doctor's appointment, it doesn't get easier. Yeah. Um, because you, you're always concerned, you know, has the cancer come back? Or, sure. You know, what are they going to find? Yeah. Um, but then you just think back and say, you know, I gave it up to God once. Yeah. Give it up to God again. Um, you know, the, the recurrence of colon cancer is uh, is pretty significant, but um, it it's a battle um, every day is, is, is a battle but um, you know it, everything's turned out okay so far yeah so I can't complain right yeah, yeah. so what's the uh, what's the next step is there any like ongoing treatment that you have to do or any like um, doctor's appointments or yeah. is it just kind of it's a scans every three months okay um, yeah, colonoscopy every six months um, hopefully, I can get this colostomy bag taken off pretty quick. Yeah. As a, so you will you will be able to get that removed, hopefully. Yeah, as long as there's no more tumors in, in the rest of my intestines, then yeah, they'll they'll reverse it. Yeah. So you just have to have this go back in, and they just have to go back in and reattach it and reattach. Yeah. Well, that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so a welcome sigh of relief. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, hey, we ended, you know, this episode on a good note, I think. We're cancer-free. <laughs> it's gone. It's done. Yes. Right? We're, we're doing good. We're moving forward with life. Yeah. Uh, praise God. So, um, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Spiraling. Um uh, we really do appreciate every listen. Uh, if you guys can do us a favor, give us a five-star review on Apple. That really would uh, help us out quite a bit. Like, follow, subscribe on YouTube. Um, we'll link all the social media down below. Uh, you can find us and hear us. We're all podcasts can be heard. Again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, etc. cetera. Uh, just search Spirally and you'll be able to find us. Um, Jason, you have anything else you want to... Um, say real quick just just some words of advice uh, anybody that um, that has gone through the battle of, of cancer um, you know just keep your head down pray um, and and you'll get through it um, you know, yeah give it to God um, everything that we do give, give to God that's right it's in God's hands we love it that's our message guys thank you so much for listening and until next time we'll see you later so I'm thankful